Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast indeed. Uh, this is our second attempt at recording, so uh, we may uh, be a bit funny, but oh well. Uh, so how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. We just had a few audio problems, so we've uh, we've had to restart, but such is the life of a uh, of a podcaster, I suppose. Just haunted by technical problems, but alas. But yes, I'm well. Just, yeah, I'm alright. Cold hands, but... Other than cold hands, I'm quite good. Are you quite good? I'm okay. And uh, are you hungover by chance? Yes. L- well, little bit. Light, light hangover. Like only little bit. Little bit of a hangover. We had the works Christmas party last night, so I engaged in a few refreshments and arose this morning feeling not so refreshed. But it was good. Uh, my MD made me sing a song in front of lots of people because that's his favourite thing to do. He's just loves it when I sing a bit of Billy Joel gets it gets it recorded and then shows everyone so yeah it was good but overall I'm I'm all right and you are also all right I am okay yeah um busy but okay yes a, a busy bee would you say um I don't know if I'd say a busy bee I don't know if we go to that length mm. uh, <laughs> yeah it's quite um, so today we are here to discuss Number 25 on the Metacritic list, which is Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 has a score of 96. It was released, or the version that we are discussing that made it onto the list is the Xbox 360 version released in the year 2010. Um, Okay, so um, a brief rundown of your history, please, sir. Minimal. I started to play Mass Effect 2 a couple of years ago struggled to to really get into it probably played about two hours maybe tops and the only other exposure i've had to it was when i was about 17 one of my friends was playing it when i was staying at his for a couple of weeks when his parents went on holiday and i remember watching him really struggle with the final boss which i was kind of dreading getting up to it was i remember that being really hard for him and then i got to it and beat it first time this time around but I am a 30-year-old man and not a uh, a 17-year-old as we were back then. But other than that, no no history with the series. Obviously, I know it's a, it's a Bioware game who obviously did Knights of the Old Republic and there are definitely a lot of Star Wars-related themes in this game, um, which I'll, I'll touch on in a bit, I suppose. But yeah, no, no experience really, whereas you're the opposite, I believe. Yes, I would describe myself as quite a big fan of um of the mass effect series um i bought uh mass effect one on the 360 but i couldn't get into it for whatever reason i think it had quite a slow start and just put me off for whatever reason and i didn't carry on playing um but a few years later i picked up mass effect 2 on the ps3 um i think as as I said in the previous recording of this, I was picking up everything for the, the PS3 at the time. 
So um, yeah, I thought I'd give it a go. Checked out some reviews, picked up the version. And that one kind of, um, I got into a lot more easily. And then I went back and played Mass Effect 1. And now I've completed Mass Effect 1 several times. And I've completed Mass Effect 2 several times. And I've completed Mass Effect 3 less times. But um, yeah, I'd say I'm a, I'm quite a big fan of the series. And they're up there for me. They're up there. And you're going through 3 again now, aren't you? Yeah, so f- in, in, in the run-up to this episode, I completed 1 again. And completed 2, obviously, for the podcast. And now I'm playing 3. And I'm having a good time. I'm, I've I've really enjoyed playing these games this year. It's been a few years since I've played any of them, and yeah, I think I just appreciate that they're very good games. Um, what what version of this game were you playing? I was playing this on the Legendary Edition, which is the remaster of the uh, the trilogy. I know I know a fourth game came out a year or two ago, didn't it, Andromeda? But that isn't included in that. So I played this on the uh, the Xbox Series X on the Legendary Edition, which I believe you also did. I did indeed. The Legendary Edition has some nice upgrades. It doubles the frame rate of the original games to 60 frames per second. And there's a lot of um, texture work and um, lots of enhancements that they made to make it to bring it into line with a modern game. And it's a it's a very nice remaster, actually. Um, Q dig at Grand Theft Auto remasters. Yes, bad, <laughs> um, bad. Yes. Do better, companies. Stop being bad, making yeah. me sad. Whereas this was a very good remaster, so I don't always or I rarely give EA credit, but I think they did a good thing here. So good job, EA. Good for them. Yeah. Well done, they, you. They deserve the good press when they do okay. So. There you go. And they're also not caught up in these horrific scandals that are going on at the moment, mm. as far as I know. Um, yeah. Yet. They may, yeah, it's always a, a dot, 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 wait and see situation there. Um, so, the plot of this game, do you want to just give us a brief rundown of the plots? Yeah, so th- this is a it's a continuation of the story of Mass Effect 1, which which I haven't played. But at the start of this game, you, you get a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a pep talk as to what went on. You get like a an interactive comic book. Yeah, an interactive comic book where you can follow up on the choices that were made in the first game and make them for yourself because your progress between these three games moves from one game to the other, which is quite cool and quite ahead of its time for you know 2010. But this game, you play as Commander Shepard who is the captain of a ship called the Normandy, which at the end of the first game, well, no, sorry, at the start of the second game, gets um, gets blown up and Shepard dies. You're then fast-forwarded through time for two years where someone has managed to get hold of Shepard's body and a company called Cerberus, which is being headed by someone called the Elusive Man, have put a project together to basically bring Shepard back to life because the main enemy of the last game which are, uh, uh, is it a race the reapers are they a race uh the reapers are yeah they're like a an ancient race that were, a like world race killers thing yeah, yeah. so that there's a there's a race that basically destroy the universe called the reapers 
who are using a another race called the Collectors to steal human bodies and steal their essence to basically create a massive reaper to bring back and basically destroy the universe. So Cerberus bring back Commander Shepard to head up another team to take on the Collectors, investigate what's going on and if there are any more Reapers to destroy them. And the main process of the game is basically getting ready for the final mission. The, the, the process of Mass Effect 2 is hiring people for your squad to go and do this impossible task is the the basic rundown of it, I suppose, with, with quite a few cool side quests and, and character relationships and building in there as well. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think um, a lot of the plot groundwork gets laid in one and then a lot of the payoff starts in two mm. um, and then carries over into three. Um, one thing I think about the uh, Mass Effect series is, and we, we've talked about lore in games before and how often um, games sideline the lore to these books that you can pick up that no one's ever going to read. And don't get me wrong, Mass Effect has that. It has... Um, I think it's, it's it's got a codex of all the yeah. stuff that you can... I mean, and there's lots of it. But I think, generally speaking, it does quite a good job of giving the lore that you need within the dialogue and within yeah. the, the cutscenes and that. Especially and if you're you, willing to investigate. Yeah. And you can take it further and read all these codex entries. But, um, yeah, I think it does quite a nice job of that. And, yeah, the, the, I mean... There are some deeper things like what is the Reaper's true intention? Um, it's never explicitly said, and it's all quite interesting in that way. But yeah, it's all set up for this suicide mission, which is the final mission, and everything is building towards that, which we'll get to later. Um, so how does the game work on a, on a functional basis? It's it's effectively an over-the-shoulder over third-person cover shooter, it reminds me of a video that we both, I think we've both seen by Matthew Matosis where he does a deep dive on the first Last of Us game. And he, he I remember him making a note of the first encounter that you have in that game where it's just loads of boxes which are obviously there for cover. And Joel says as he walks into the area, he's like, oh, here we go. And Matthew Matosis is like, yep, yeah, I, I echoed that sentiment because I was like, this is just going to be another cover shooter and I think that is effectively what Mass Effect is but it does it well and yes, agree. I, I think that's that's the that's the difference here it, it could just be a generic sci-fi cover shooter but it's got enough about it and the story's compelling enough and the characters in particular are compelling enough for it to not be just that but it is effectively an RPG cover shooter in third person over the shoulder with um, you know, a lot of exploration, a lot of lore, and a lot of extra stuff if you're willing to go and find it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of combat here, and um, you know when you're going into a combat zone, you can see it from the terrain. Yeah. Um, in Mass Effect One, when you entered a combat situation, the character would automatically pull out their gun, so you knew automatically something's when coming you were in combat zone. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah this there are very much divisions in the gameplay there's the combat there's the exploration segments where you can explore cities and areas and pick up side quests so on so on there's the ship itself which you can explore and interact with your teammates and then there's the dialogue trees which are extensive um yeah so it's in that way it's quite similar to kotor uh, knights of the old republic but i'd say here for me I much prefer the combat here than in Knights of the Old Republic. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I really off. enjoyed Knights of the Old Republic when we played that, but that is a very aged game. And I mean, obviously there is seven years difference between uh, KOTOR and this, because I think Knights of the Old Republic was 2003. And Bioware really had time to, to hone their craft of... Well, they made another game within that period called Jade Empire. and uh, you, you quite that like that game, of... don't you? I love Jade Empire, and it and it builds on um, a lot of the stuff from uh, Knights of the Old Republic, but completely uh, changes the setting and everything about it, but keeps some of the systems. And we will be visiting that when it comes to my selection of 15 games that I think deserve to be on this list. And then, so Jade Empire came out in, I think, 2004 or five, maybe. Um, so it came out right in the middle of that period. And I think that represents quite a big leap over Kotor, and then you've got um, then you've got Mass Effect that came out. But yeah, you can you can very much trace back the lineage of this game to Kotor. You can say, oh, I remember what this was like in Kotor and how it's been refined. Especially but the intro a, to the game. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the same or... premise. You, you 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 wake up after something's happened to you, and your ship's under attack, and you have to escape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very true and I mean I wonder if that was a callback even to KOTOR quite possibly um, because that's not how it starts with Mass Effect 1 but yeah it, no. it seems like a bit of a reference to KOTOR there yeah um, maybe yeah so then you yeah so that's basically how the game works and you level up as you go along so typical RPG I suppose but with um, quite a nice combat system which is an action combat system um, and just very heavy character interaction, um, lots of dramatic storytelling. So yeah, it's, it's it's really a sci-fi roller coaster of an RPG, and I just don't think there are that many good um, sci-fi RPGs out there. So it's nice to nice to play one. Yeah, it it, it made a change, and I'm not a huge sci-fi fan to be honest. I'm a big Star Wars fan, which is you know, an oxymoron because I love Star Wars but not a big fan of sci-fi, which is weird. But I was a bit nervous going into this game. It's like with the Halo games, I can mostly take or leave them. I think they're good, but there's a lot to them in terms of the lore and that was what I was worried about going into Mass Effect 2. But I managed to follow it a lot easier than we do with Halo and it was an enjoyable world. But I think that's because... And we've said it a few times, I'm very big on character development and character relationships in films and games. That's something that, that draws me to stuff. And I think the character relationships and the the writing on a lot of these characters is probably the best thing about this game. Yeah, yeah. So before we get ahead of ourselves, let's, um, let's go to our ever-present feature, Gameplay is King. Um, is the gameplay... I suppose that can be the combat, it can be the dialogue trees, it can be anything interactive. Is the game play, is it is the game fun to play? 
yeah, for the most part, there, there were times where I felt it got a little bit tedious doing the, the same, oh, move forward, cover shoot, move forward, cover shoot on every mission. It did get a bit samey at times, but never to the point where I thought, okay, I don't want to play this anymore. It's doing my head in. It was just the case of, all right, this bit might be very samey and, and a bit of a slog, but it's worth it to get to to get to the next bit. And because I knew what was coming at the end of the game as well, um, arguably, as a lot of people have always said, one of the best final missions in video games, it made me want to carry on. But on the whole, I'd say it's a fun game. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a fun game, and I and I agree with you. There are there are definitely stretches where the combat goes on maybe a bit too long. Mm-hmm. This game is at its best when it's giving you interesting environments that are varied and that are changing. And you might be going into combat, but then you might go into dialogue. Then you might do something else. Um, and that's when it's at its best when it keeps presenting you with these new. Uh, interesting challenges which it does for the most part but yeah there are definitely some stretches where um the combat gets a bit excessive and you want to just get to the next story beat yeah so i completely concede that and i think that's correct but yeah generally speaking i think it's really fun and i think at 60 frames per second it's really fluid and intuitive and yeah i think what with the combat there's actually an impressive amount of skills that you can use to really vary your gameplay um, and you can develop your character in a certain way so you can I mean I was using invisibility and I was using um, fire grenades and uh, just using the invisibility to go around the back of people and just <laughs> melee them and yeah so there's, there's a lot of fun to be had here they're quite nice little playgrounds for the combat that you can use and I'm sure if you put two completely different players into the same setting they would play it a completely different way I was a sniper Uh, I mean what were you using generally what was your setup it was usually um, the upgraded like uh, automatic rifle which because I think it's towards the end of the game you pick up like the you either get to pick up the the collector's sniper the collector's shotgun or the collector's assault rifle I, ch- I chose the assault rifle, but my secondary weapon was usually the sniper. And then if I got into trouble with like a big mech or with something with a lot more health, I'd use the collector's uh, beam gun because oh, yeah, that particle was... Particle beam gun. Yeah, particle beam gun. That was really helpful. That but really mo- good. mostly the automatic, um, automatic rifle was my go-to and then I'd occasionally jump in and out of a, a few other things, you know, second seconded by the sniper. Yeah, I was an infiltrator and I used the sniper as my main weapon and then I was backed up by um, the collector's particle beam gun, Yeah. Um, a handgun and a submachine gun. But yeah. yeah, I love, I'm always a sniper on Mass Effect. I just think it's a lot more fun when you're just targeting people from a distance Very and picking them off. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, I will say that the AI is not... Um, no. It's not anything to write home about, so... It's quite fun picking off these sitting duck enemies. Definitely. Um, What's your favourite move? Do you have a favourite move? Probably not, to be honest with you. It's not one of those games, is it? It, It's got a lot of elements to it that that are good, but I wouldn't say there's like any particular move that you can you can do. I'd say that 
if if you pin me down like you have to give an answer for this i'd say maybe the shooting like the shooting feels very satisfying yeah i would say um when you use a sniper rifle there's this uh, i mean i don't know if it's the same for other builds but because i'm i'm so used to using the infiltrator build but there's this slowdown that you get when you aim down sights yeah. with the sniper rifle and it's always very satisfying to land your shots in slow motion it just feels like a nice touch that shows that it's not just about being um this decision based rpg it's they've given some attention to the combat as well and um they do expand that quite nicely in um mass effect 3 where you've got roll moves and you've got more melee moves and yeah yeah it's quite nicely expanded actually so yeah i think the combat is a bit of an undersung thing with mass effect they do a good job and i mean so many rpgs have not great combat and you just forgive them because the story there are good. so many other parts that are that are, that are good and that, that make yeah. up for it um oblivion things like that i mean let's be honest oblivion's combat is not great um but because of all the other areas it makes up for it yeah um okay so i mean you you touched on the characters they were the things that really that drew you into this game um what were some of your favorite characters well i I think well i'd imagine that most people would have like a squad that they mostly use yeah um in this game like obviously you, you can change your squad whenever you go onto a new planet and choose the two people you want to accompany you but i'd say eight out of ten times i kept it to uh, miranda and garris and i think there were some characters that just kind of existed and i didn't really pay any attention to like zaid the the merc who I, I picked him up by accident to be honest with you i arrived at the the citadel or omega or wherever it is and it was just a cut scene I was like, i'm joining you now i was like oh didn't even realize i was looking for you okay and I, I did his um his side mission just to get it done but he was quite forgettable i thought that the justicar as well um what's her name uh um bear with samara. i've got yeah samara that's it i thought she was all right and entirely as well a, i just want to touch on that that's a really interesting um plot line her side story because you can side with her daughter yeah and replace, replace her. her well i mean how many games give you the opportunity to do that to replace one of your main side characters yeah it's, it, and, it, it and, is different and the rest of the game continues with that character but only you and a few other people know about it i think it's quite um quite an intelligent thing yeah she 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 was she was a good character tali who i believe is from mass effect one maybe yes. was just was just kind of there same with morden garris i like i said i used pretty much all the time same with miranda grunts i'd occasionally use jacob no i don't think i ever used him apart from the start of the game i really liked thane i thought he was interesting although i didn't complete his side uh, side mission and then Jack, who I also thought was she was she was quite powerful. I used her a fair bit, but it was mostly Garrus and Miranda. And when I got to the suicide mission, I knew that you know people can you, they can just die on that on that mission, and if they're gone, then they're gone. And there's a section. I mean, I, I imagine everyone's suicide mission plays out slightly differently, dependent on. You know, how, if you've leveled up the characters, yeah. And... There's a lot of a lot of variables. Yeah. I mean, this whole game is full of variables that 
can impact the suicide mission. So yeah, it's all it all builds to this one moment. And j- just before you you go up to do the final bit, I went through a door and Miranda got shot. I was like, uh, no. And like I, th- I, th- I was like, oh, don't kill Miranda. But then she was fine. I was like, all right, it's cool. But like, I don't know if Miranda can die. Actually, I think she's one of the few that can't. Oh, is she? I've got a feeling. I think. I think so. So I mean, I could be wrong about that. This game surprises me on so many levels. Yeah, like it. It you, you become quite invested in the characters, and yeah, it, it was it was good doing their side missions and earning their loyalty uh, to find out more about them. I I really liked. Um, I like Samara's side mission. I really like Miranda's side mission. Garris's was. Mm, it was all right, and um, Kasumi. I don't. I don't think I mentioned Kasumi just then, but Kasumi as well. Her side mission was quite good, where you you do the yeah you, you steal the from that, and, that yeah, the heist. infiltration with the the guy with the very bad South African accent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good mission, and uh, yeah, you have to dress up and play the part. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Who, like who was who was your squad? Um, I use Grunt. Because Grunt is just a bulldozer, and yeah. I like Grunt as well. Grunt's one of my favourites. Um, he's just so straightforward, and um, they, 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 the Krogan characters always are always quite interesting. And you meet the former Krogan character from the first game, which is was that Rex? Uh, not Rex. Yeah, um, you meet him in this game as well. Um, yeah, so uh, not Rex and, and Grunt I quite like, and um, I use Jacob actually because he's a good all rounder. Um, but yeah, I've, I've used I used a few others at different points. I used Jack. I used one of my problems with um, Mass Effect Two is one of my problems has always been when the characters are introduced, um, they have these great cutscenes and they're super 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 powerful. Like they can take out a squad on their own. Like Jack. When you actually use them, yeah. But when you actually use them, their their powers diminished a bit because obviously it would break the game. Yeah. But I always found it a touch disappointing that you didn't have these this wrecking this wrecking ball squad mm. <laughs> that you, you can see in the cutscenes. Um, it always reminded me a bit of some of the older MGS games where you get really cool combat in the cutscenes, but yeah. you can do a lot of those moves in the game. Um, so that was, uh, that was something that's always annoyed me a bit, but yeah, I, I, they were generally the ones that I used and I quite like Jack's side mission. Um, I didn't I mention like Legion Jacob's either. Mission. Yeah. Legion's good. He just turns up so late. Character. Yeah. And, that's the other thing all the characters have very distinctive personalities but also there's one bit i remember so what one bit that really struck me was um if you do tally's side mission with her yep. father and the alarai yeah and basically she's on trial and at the end she tells you not to tell the court about her father and you really believe that that is what th- that character doesn't want you to do it's not like video game. Oh, your decisions affect everything. You yeah. feel like that character would hate you if you didn't do that. Mm. And that, I think, speaks to the depth of these characters. They're really well written, really well portrayed. And it's not... It doesn't always feel like you're the centre of the universe, even though in a lot of ways you are. So I think that's, they should get a lot of credit for that. Mm, yeah. I mean... I, I agree with you. It feels like stuff would be moving on anyway if Shepard wasn't there, but because he is, and because he's some massive hero and he's the first human spectre, which to anyone that hasn't played the game is like a 
kind of like being a double O agent to some extent, isn't it? I think. Yeah. So it's these elite uh, agents that are sent on special tasks, and Shepard's a very famous one because of what he uh, did in the the first first game, game. and that he was the first human Spectre. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a cool it's a cool cast of characters. I really like them. Yeah, I think they're a really good cast. I think they're, generally speaking, I prefer the cast of Mass Effect 2 to the cast of Mass Effect 1. Although there's a few particular characters that I really love in Mass Effect 1, generally speaking, I think the overall cast is better in 2. And it's fun collecting them. Because a lot of these people are optional as well. I mean, like you said, you bumped into Zaid and you picked him up. But you can miss a lot of it if you choose to. Oh, I didn't know that. Have... Yeah, you can miss them. You don't have to pick them up. Um so there's a lot of optional ones. There's some that are key to the story that you you, you do pick up, like yeah. Legion. But then you don't have to... Oh, no, you think you do have to awaken Legion. But, for example, Rex, you don't have to wake him up. And then you don't have Rex. Rex? You mean um, Grunt? Oh, no, uh, yeah, Grunt, yeah. So, so he's in his... You just leave his, him in um, the cargo hold. Yeah, you just leave him down there and he doesn't wake up. Oh, interesting. And I think, again, that's just a nice option to have. Yeah. Because you really develop your squad in a way that you want to. And I imagine that some people didn't um, unlock Grunt because they didn't want to. Yeah. So I think that's quite interesting. Um, so speaking of the suicide mission, how did you fare on the suicide mission? Not amazingly. I, I, I did all right, to be fair. The thing with the suicide mission, I didn't really know anything about it. I just knew that it was a very famous final mission within gaming. And I know that you can lose a lot of, if not all, of your squad. And I didn't do any research into it beforehand, but I went in with the mentality of that you'd lose people through combat, and if you were good at the game, you'd be able to, you know, pull them through. But obviously that isn't the case. It all depends on your relationships with the characters, if you've gained their loyalty by doing their side missions, and then the thing that I didn't realise is upgrading your ship, which you told me afterwards. So... It was like the opening. I think there are two more elements, and one of those is um, the decisions you make when you're on the actual suicide mission. Yeah. If, for example, you pick someone have... that's bad suited at doing the technical yeah. engineering stuff, and then they will die. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's that element. I think there's also something I don't quite understand this one, but I think there's something to do with the length of time that you leave the suicide mission when it unlocks. It can um, impact who dies, and I think. Legion might die as, as a result of that. I'm I'm not I'm not sure the ins and outs of that one. Yeah, but I have read that there is something there as well. Well, for me, I I went into it thinking that it would be all through combat, but then like the first cutscene when you go through the Omega um, mass relay for relay, yeah, is that like because I didn't upgrade my ship because I didn't know I needed to. Um, Jack died immediately, which I was quite annoyed at because I quite like Jack. And then Thane died before we even got off the ship, as did Kasumi. And I was like, oh, okay. And then made my way through the how mission. Did it feel? How did it feel when they died? Um, Because they weren't super important characters to me. Like I liked Thane and I, I liked Jack, but I didn't use them very much. And I picked up Thane quite late. So it wasn't like I, I was gutted, but I was still a bit annoyed that that they they just got taken away from me in a cutscene. I was like, oh, right, okay then. I get no say over that. It's yeah. like um, 
it's like Final Fantasy VII all over again uh, with Ares. But I think the only character that I had... No, I had two characters die during the mission after we got off the ship, which was Legion. And that's because I... How did, how did Legion die? Uh, I had him as my person that went through the pipes to do the technical stuff at the oh, start. Yeah. Because I thought he was quite quite good yeah, technically, which he be. was. But I think Tali's the person, really, you're supposed to send on that. But No, you can use Legion, but did you do Legion's side mission? No. So... What happened oh, was he opens the, the first door and you go through and then he starts trying to close the door and he can't. So Shepard and Legion start pushing the door to close it. He leaves himself exposed and he just gets shot in the head. I was like, I oh. think that's because you didn't get his loyalty. Yeah, probably. probably why. Um, because um, I used Legion and I was fine. So Yeah, so Legion, um, Legion died and then Jacob died as well. Um, and he died. <laughs> I didn't even know Jacob could die. Yeah, yeah, Jacob died. Um, How did Jacob die? <laughs> well, when, when when you go up to, to go and, and fight the Reaper, obviously you choose your squad, and then you choose yeah. one person left down there. Or is it two two people to lead two different squads in the final assault? Yeah, so you've got, you've got the secondary squad, and then you've got the, people, the person that's supposed to lead the people back to the ship. Yeah, so the, the, the person I chose to take the people back to the ship, the crew... When he found out was Zaid, I was like, like, we'll get rid of him. And because I had his loyalty, he was fine. Yeah, he survived. Yeah. I had Grunt lead the, um, like, to hold him off while we were doing the fighting. So Grunt was in charge uh, and Jacob was in that squad. And then as um, as we came back down, obviously they, they've all escaped. They've got away. And then Shepard, Miranda and Gareth came back down and started running. And then I, I just sort of run past Jacob's dead body. And I was like, oh, Jacob Did didn't make it. Did you do Jacob's in. loyalty mission? No. I, I wasn't bothered about Jacob, so... This is quite a good one, actually. So, yeah, it Jacob died. <laughs> but other yeah. than that, I didn't suffer heavy, heavy losses. But saying that, I did lose... One, two, three, four... Five, I lost five people. <laughs> did you <laughs> Did I you first... lose anyone? Because you, cause you, you, you knew about it, didn't you? Yeah, I, I knew. So when I first played Mass Effect 2, I had no idea about any of that. I went in completely cold and... Um, I'd, I'd done all the loyalty missions, but I lost the people. I made this. I made the same mistake as you, which is that I didn't upgrade the ship because. Don't I mean, you need to. No, but I mean it's 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 a part of the game that you're you're kind of encouraged to do, but you're not outright told to do. Um, so you have to kind of go out of your way to do it, and and I, I'm not necessarily against that. I think one of the reasons I like the suicide missions mission is because there are so many layers and i think the first time you play it the game wants you to lose characters yeah because i mean it's called the suicide mission um it wants you to lose characters or the number of people to lose characters to be more than those who make make it through unscathed because you're supposed to really put the work in to make it through unscathed unscathed um so i lost um those people within the cutscenes because i'd not upgraded the ship um so I, I didn't lose as many as you, I don't think, but I did lose the three. So Jack, Thane, and Kasumi. Yeah, yeah. So I lost those three, I think. Um, but this time, yeah, I I I, I went round and I did loads of um, scanning of planets, and I had a huge amount of materials, so I had plenty to upgrades. use. Upgrades. I did all the upgrades, um, even the weapon upgrades and all that stuff, and all the because I was playing through on hardcore difficulty because. This whole run I've done on hardcore difficulty. I've done, I've completed 
one and two on hardcore difficulty before, but I don't think I've done three on hardcore. Uh, and there's one more difficulty. I think it's insane above hardcore. So hardcore would be like you're hardened on Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to have that extra challenge. Um, so I was just getting as many upgrades as I could to in- increase my health and shield because they can wipe you out quite quickly, especially oh yeah, big uh, time. enemies with shotguns. Well, the, 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 the most troubling enemy I had, no, not troubling, irritating, was the, the husks. Oh, yeah. They, if they if they get around you, you just can't escape. Yeah. They just melee you to death. Awful. Yeah. Hated them. <laughs> Bin. Um, okay. So, anything else you want to note about the suicide mission? I, I just enjoyed it. I thought it was well put together. And there are real stakes in it. I, I spent time, when it was time to decide who would lead a team and who would do this and who would do that. I, I I spent a lot of time trying to decide who would be best suited to do what, um, and I I was adamant that I didn't want Miranda and I didn't want Garrus to die, um, because Miranda was my my wifey, and I just really like Garrus, so like I'd I'd split up from them on occasion. So when you do the bit with Samara where she holds the the, the biotics to to stop you getting over overwhelmed by those fly things um i, I, I sem- used jack for that but then obviously your jack was my jack floating in space. was deceased um so i i used samara for that but obviously you could also use miranda i was like well no yeah. I'll, I'll have miranda go off and do it with the other team so she can keep them safe and i'll keep samara uh with me with garris and i, I think tali so I, I I switched up a few times during that mission, but yeah, I really enjoyed that mission. It was it was a good payoff, and yeah, cause the the like you say, the decisions that you make in this game have an impact on on what happens, and you you can either make good decisions or bad decisions. And right at the end, the elusive man comes out and he's like, "Well, you should steal this Reaper technology because we could use it, or you can destroy it." And what 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 did you choose to do with it? I, I always destroy it. I yeah, just, I destroyed yeah. it as well. The elusive man. I don't know if you know this. Voiced by Martin. Yeah, Sheen. Martin Sheen. I, I knew that from from back way back when. Uh, yeah. He's an interesting character, the elusive man. I like the elusive man. I think he's a good character. I don't like him, but I like the character. As in, it's interesting and yeah. compelling, and you feel a bit. You don't always feel like you don't trust guy him when you're. Yeah, yeah. When you're working for him. Um, yeah, I think I think suicide mission is. It feels like maybe a bit like Helm's Deep. It feels like, um, I mean, if you think about the two towers, everything is building to Helm's Deep. Mass Effect Two is kind of like the two towers of the franchise, and um, everything is building to the suicide mission. It feels suitably epic, and you get um, the the rallying speeches beforehand from Shepard and then you go into the suicide mission and it's not it's not that the locations and that are, are tremendously different or interesting in the, in, a, in and of themselves it's just um you feel very invested in your squad by this point you feel very much like you want to overcome because you've worked this whole game you know that this is the last mission um i think it just speaks a lot to the pacing of the game the way that it builds to this crescendo and the way that it hits it the- and the the the, th- the thing that I picked up from Suicide Mission, and I, I mentioned at the start of this episode that I felt there are a few things in this game that align with Star Wars, 
and not just the fact that Bioware made KOTOR. But I really felt, and I've not played Mass Effect 1 and I've not played Mass Effect 2, but it's got a real feel of The Empire Strikes Back about it. That the game ends on, you know, you've done something good, but at the same time you're like, there's still like an insurmountable amount of work to do. And I don't know if we can do it. as well. Yeah, like like the two towers, and it really g- gave me feels of the end of the Empire Strikes Back, where you know Luke Skywalker's escaped from Darth Vader, and he's he's had his robot hand attached, and the film ends with him, C three PO R two D two and um, Princess Leia looking out over space, and you just don't know what's going to happen. You assume that the good good guys are going to win because that's usually what happens but the way that the empire strikes back ends is very much like this is limbo and everything is ambiguous pretty awful right now but we've still got our heroes that could save the day but you don't know if they're going to and i really felt strong empire vibes with the end of mass effect 2 which i like like when shepherd's going through the going through the ship and you've got all the coffins of the people that you lost and you know he gives a gives a, a quiet nod to the people that survived and they're looking at plans on what to do next and yeah I I, I really like the ending of this game I thought it was great yeah and, and you said to me that um, at some point you want to play Mass Effect 3 so I think that is a resounding um, good thing for the game yeah yeah definitely I'll, I'll look into it at some point I think and it's another You've reason why it, I wanted so. to try and keep people alive because I knew that they'd they'd pull through to Mass Effect Three. And and that's that's the great thing about the series in general. I think is that it's it's surprising. It's still surprising to me knowing how hard um, decision making is to program in a game and how to have all these variables. Yeah, Mass Effect Three is one of the few games that really feels it takes it up a notch. Depending, yeah. And you feel like your you feel like your decisions do have meaning. I mean, we've talked about Ashley, for example, but Ashley wouldn't even be there in Mass Effect Two or Three if you chose Caden instead. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's just testament to the game that this character that a lot of people associate with Mass Effect can die in Mass Effect One and, and then not she's be gone. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and speaking of the romance side of things. I didn't have a romance in Mass Effect 2 because I was loyal to Ashley. Uh, I've always liked Ashley. Just, uh, um, just left Miranda hanging. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Miranda. I think she's a bit shallow. <laughs> Screw you, Miranda. <laughs> um, okay, so we've not really discussed the sound of this game. And this is... how I mean, I've lost count of the amount of times I've said um, during this, this podcast that oh, I really like the soundtrack, but I wouldn't necessarily listen to it outside the game. But I, I've i listened many, many times to the Mass Effect soundtrack outside of the game. I remember when we used to write essays in, at uni, I used to have the Mass Effect soundtrack on in the background because it's just really relaxing and it's... um, Yeah, I, re- I really think it's a good soundtrack. Um, and it kind of swells at just the right moments and it kind of have it has its quiet moments when it needs to um and also the 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 voice work generally there are some iffy accents in there at times but generally speaking it's really nicely acted and 
the characters' voices suit the characters. Well, I've heard that um, that a lot of people, because obviously when when you play a shepherd, you get to choose whether shepherd's male or female. And I know that the the voice actress for Shepard, if you go down the female route, is Jennifer Hale, who voices yeah. Naomi in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And a lot of people say that her voice acting of Shepard is better than the male counterpart. I really like male Shepard's voice. Yeah, I'd, I, 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 I'm I'm a little bit opposite on the spectrum to you on the sound. Like I don't I don't dislike it, but there was nothing. Where I was like, yeah, this is really good, or this is standout. It just felt like a generic sci-fi soundtrack to me. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Maybe it's uh, just a bit of a soft spot that I have for the maybe the soundtrack particularly. Um, but yeah, I, I, generally speaking, in a game this large, the voice work—I mean, again, not to oblivion—is not always great. Yeah. <laughs> but but here, I think generally speaking, it's quite solid across the board, with the exception of. Um, the South South African guy. From, yeah, that was real bad. His name. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the presentation, what do you think about this game uh, being a game that's over ten years old now? Well, it. I mean, it's hard to say because we played a remastered version of it. Um, you know, in 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 four K at sixty FPS, but it looks good for a game that's eleven years old. But I, I I'd have to reserve judgment on it for if i played the original do you know what i mean yeah um but no the the, the remastered version looks looks good it, it's very very sharp very sleek and everything looks as it should it, it looks like a it looks like a game that could have potentially been released you know three or four years ago maybe yeah i agree i think it looks nice in the remaster and the original games look great at the time as well and mm. um i think uh can't remember what i was going to say oh no it was a total one of the things that I noted going from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, the environments of the missions, I think they've been overhauled quite nicely in, in Mass Effect 2. They're more detailed and they feel more different. And again, in Mass Effect 3, they're overhauled again and they're they're more detailed and more varied. Yeah. So I think there's a nice progression in that because sometimes when you're on a mission, it can feel a touch samey. Um, so it really benefits from having those areas that feel very different. That's why I like Jack's side mission. Jack's side mission because um, it's in this this facility in the yeah. pouring rain, and like, like in the middle of the jungle, and it's uh, just feels very different. It was cool. And Mass Effect Three takes that further. So there's a although I'd say all of the games hold up. I feel like there's a clear progression throughout the series as well, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Okay, on to our question of the week. Now, as we've already already discussed, Mass Effect is spiritual successor to star wars knights of the old republic now i was wondering what you think some of the pros and cons are of moving away from a licensed property onto a new ip so obviously to go from star wars to having just going to this completely original thing yeah what are the, some of the pros and cons to you well it, it entirely depends how you do it i suppose obviously if you use a license thing you've got brand recognition which for something like star wars or for something like Know, James Bond or Lord of the Rings, the brand recognition effectively does the marketing for you. That's what will sell the product. But with creating a new IP, it gives you so much more creative freedom. And I think that was a big thing for um for Bungie when they um when they were doing Halo 
and then they decided to step away. They gave it to, is it 848? Or 343 uh, Studios? 343. 343. They passed Halo to them and they decided to make something completely new with, with Destiny. And Destiny was very popular, but it didn't enjoy the same success as Halo has. And it's always a big risk, but I think with creating a new IP, you really give yourself options and you can really just create something really unique and make it your own. And you know, sometimes that, that works out really well, like with Halo. Sometimes it isn't as successful and it is always a risk, but I think that, that more companies should do stuff like that. And, you know, like, a lot of companies will do it and I'll have no interest. Like when EA released Anthem, I thought that looked really boring and generic and you do yeah. run that risk. But at the same also time... Also Bioware, interestingly enough. Oh, is it? Yeah, also made by Bioware. Well... But Bioware's... Uh, I mean, the remaster was great, but Bioware in recent years has not been as strong as peak Bioware. No. Even Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't as good as... Well, I, I remember seeing all of the memes about how broken it was when it released. Yeah. And, I mean, you can see that going about. I mean, even for Mass Effect 3, I know that they effectively had to rewrite the ending because people were so angry with it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a bit mixed about that because I, I, I completed that ending and the reason people were unhappy, spoilers, is because the ending wasn't very positive. But I think people wanted to see a happy ending for the characters they'd invested in. Put it that way. But it doesn't. It doesn't make it a bad ending, and I don't necessarily think they should have gone back and changed it. Um, I've not played the new endings of it. Yeah. I don't think. Um, so this will be a first for me. Mm. But um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't one of those people crying for a new ending at the time, because. It ended the way it ended. That was the that was the way that they decided to end it, and it wasn't offensively bad. I mean, maybe it was a, a slight disappointment, but I don't think changing your ending. I mean, I imagine if the Return of the King changed the ending because people weren't happy with it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, well, it, it's it's something that George Lucas is renowned for is going back and changing things about his films and there, there's a there's an argument that as soon as something is released that piece of art is no longer yours it doesn't belong to you anymore yeah and you know rightly or wrongly if people do enjoy the ending or don't enjoy the ending to something then really that's their problem you know there were yeah and that there are lots of games and lots of films that i really hate creative decisions that they make on but is part of what what makes it. And I remember when um, Star Wars The Last Jedi came out, people were like writing petitions and sending death threats to Rian Johnson and trying to get Disney to re rewrite the film. And it's like, no, like that, that's the film. And just because you don't like it, it doesn't mean that it needs to change. Yeah. Art, art is about taking risks and exactly following your gut i think and i think you and me understand that well because of what we used to do art art is a i don't know i was about to say a living thing but it well, it, it, is. it changes it's very much so. it it changes yeah, with the time 
you know a, yeah. p- a piece of art that was amazing and like do you remember when we did avant-garde at uni and we we looked at that film metropolis from 1929 that would have been amazing Vaguely. by then but you look at it now and you're a bit like uh what's this you know i might have been, might have been asleep in that lecture don't blame me <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's a weird one for sure yeah, I mean, the, the situation you described with Star Wars is exactly what happened with Mass Effect 3, except that they went they caved. down the unprecedented unprecedented route of actually changing it. Yeah. And I suppose my point is it wasn't bad. It wasn't badly done. It wasn't without merit, the original ending. It just wasn't what people wanted or expected. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Which is boring. It's, it's very interesting. A lot of the time. If... If everything ended how you wanted it to, everything would be boring and you'd be able to know what's coming a mile away. It's dull. And I never I never read up on the new endings of Mass Effect 3, so I'm really intrigued when I get round to them to see actually if the new endings are better than the original or not. Mm. I mean, I think they're probably more happy and fan service but does that make them critically better? I don't know. Well, I mean... Like, we won't spoil it because it's still somewhat new. But the ending to Bond, No Time to Die. Like, yeah. You like you hated you can't that undo ending. That now. Yeah, but, and you can't undo it, though. I wouldn't say go and change the Yeah, ending. exactly. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And I would never, I'd never say that. I mean, in fact, that whole film builds to that ending. So without that ending. Yeah, God knows what that film would have been. It would just effectively be like, okay, go and remake the film, please. It'd just be a very flat film if it didn't have that ending. Yeah, it all built to that moment, and whether you like that moment or not is a different conversation. Yeah, but of course, you you didn't like it. I did. No, and th- and that that was that's what the film was. Yeah, so you're either in or out, in or out with that, but it's okay to be out, I suppose. Definitely, but I'm not going to be writing letters to. Everything on Barbara the Broccoli saying, yeah, Barbara Bro- Broccoli and and uh, I can't remember his name. The other guy, Cubby, oh, it'll come back to me. No, Cubby's her father. Oh. Um, it's um, I can't. It's her brother-in-law, I think, um, that also co-owns the Bond franchise. Yeah, it'll come back to me. But anyway, um, interesting discussion about arts and artistic merit. And I think um, tangent. I didn't expect to go down, but Quite. I think it's a valid one for this game, particularly. Yes. Um, okay. So, does Mass Effect Two deserve to be on the Metacritic Top One Hundred list? I think so. It's it's a very unique game, and I, I don't know if I'd put it as high as twenty five, but I enjoyed my time with it. I thought it was good. It's got a lot of unique elements to it, and it's got a very good payoff with the final mission which is what the whole game's really vamping up to 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 get to and the payoff is good so yeah i i I think so um but yeah maybe maybe just not as high i'd maybe put it maybe around the 40 mark mid 40s what do you think yeah i think for me i wouldn't say it's top 10 but i would i would say i was thinking about this um and i didn't know where it had actually placed until i yeah wrote the notes of this episode I was thinking for me it would be in the top 25 um, not the top 10 but top 25 and I I also think there's there's probably a good argument out there to put one and three in as well because actually they're all strong games 
and I, and I imagine that one and three probably missed this list by not much. Um, so I think there there are probably some good arguments for that. I do think it's likely that Mass Effect Two is the best game. Um, I haven't quite decided because I need to complete three again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do think it deserves to be on this list. I think it's um, I think it's a very good game, and I think it's quite different from a lot of the games on this list. Yeah, it's it's unique for sure. What have we got coming up on the Long and Short of It podcast? I think next week we're going to be doing a sequel to a game that we covered a few months ago. We're going to be playing the PlayStation 1 game, Gran Turismo 2. Yes, we are. It's, it should be, a, should, should be an interesting episode just to see how far the GT series has come from the original. Um, but yeah, and then the week after that is our Christmas episode, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a special Christmas episode where we are deviating from the list but you will have to tune in next week to find out what we are doing the week afterwards for the Christmas episode. You shall. But yeah, um, I think that pretty much some like finishes up Mass Effect 2. So yeah. I think we both enjoyed it. Um, as always, get to us on social media. We're the Long and Short of It podcast. You can email us, the Long and Short of It podcast at hotmail.com. And yeah, if you enjoyed, please consider rating, subscribing, sharing whatever else you would like to do we appreciate you listening and we appreciate you know you introducing your friends and others to our ramblings so yeah and anything else from you no that's it from me very good well we will look forward to seeing you next week with gran turismo 2 and in the meantime take care cheerio see you on the next one